Hi, it's Nikki. Hey guys, it's Jennifer. It's Queens of the Ring. Wrestling, and not that we don't ever mention them, but we actually have an opinion. We actually are intelligent. We're not Marks, and we know what we're talking about. So if you hear that it's a woman's opinion, don't think that it's just Finn Balor's abs. Or what's in his pants. But let's be real. He knows what he's doing. And we all see it. <laughs> so I, I kind of feel like Marty is the guy version of me. I mean, like, does that make me the villainess? He's like your your male doppelganger. He is. It's like, a, it's like a cosplay. It's a cosplay, but like in real life. It really is. You have, do you have it a black is. umbrella? You do. I do. <laughs> Honestly, over the last few months, I can say that at this point, most wrestling fans want to be Cody Rhodes when they grow up. I do. I, I know I do. I mean, he's a self-made man. He doesn't take no for an answer. He handles his shit and he has a hot wife. That, and yeah, and he has a yeah, lots of money. Yeah, and like three belts right now, right? Two, three. Yeah. yeah. And, and cute dogs. And cute dog Pharaoh. Pharaoh. So, I mean, Cody's living his best life without WWE. Oh, who knew? That's iconic. Who's iconic? Cody, Cody is goals. Hi. Hi, guys. So, um... The madness is over. <laughs> it was ever been in the glorious dumpster fire. We hoped it would be. Girl, and that the was women's, more than a women's... <laughs> That was more than a dumpster fire. That was like a dump fire. Oh god. Like I'm not talking dump. about the women. The women was great. The, the women were great. was freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. Talking about but, uh, her, uh, Crown Jewel was a dump fire. Oh my god. <clears throat> I didn't watch it. We didn't watch it. Nope. But, but just Twitter. No. <laughs> Twitter kept us informed. They Complete with gifts. Yeah. Although I'm not sure if Total Divas episodes, if they gifted or not, did they? Um, I kind of think they didn't. I don't, I don't remember seeing it. Look. They're like the number one source for wrestling gifts on Twitter, so. <clears throat> and Tumblr. And Tumblr. They give like everything, but I don't remember seeing um, any. Let me look. But um, it was a hot mess from what little I did see. Like, I'm telling you guys, we thought the Taker and Triple H match was bad at, in Australia. It looked ten times worse this time. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That was so much worse. That was something. Uh, they, it doesn't look like they did. Well, good for them. Yeah, the last one they had was Impact and Shimmer, so nope. All right, good for them. But between that and then you have Shane McMahon winning the World Cup, which didn't have any people other than Americans in it to begin with. And then you have the boss's son, one of the other bosses, winning the World Cup. To be proclaimed Ugh. the best in the world. 
Yes, because all of the other best in the world were too fucking busy or don't, don't fucking care. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They've moved on. Oh my gosh. I saw like all these memes where people were like putting Shane's head on like CM Punk's body. Mm-hmm. And there was like this clip that was going around to you that was like this little short video clip and it was from a Raw episode and Vince was like, I don't care what you what you all think. And CM Punk was like, that's the damn problem. I'm like, yeah. And it's like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You can say whatever you want about Punk, but he was always honest and always like knew what, what spot was on. About. Yeah. And didn't care about he he would say it. He didn't care. Yeah. So yeah, apparently he's not the best in the world. The one Jericho's not the best in the world. The one thing, the one thing that Punk was always right about is Vince is a millionaire that should be a billionaire. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good quote. Yeah. I just because he's dumb. He's dumb. But yeah, nobody. Kenny's not the best in the world. Okada's is not the best Marty. in the world. Marty, yeah. Bucks, Will Osprey, no, Cody, Jay White, no, no, but uh, no. <laughs> but that Shane McMahon, who's like what forty five or something, eight, eight. forty eight. He is currently right now the best wrestler in the world. Which the only thing the only thing that's, that saves that just a tad bit is that the the Universal Champion is once again Brock Lesnar, which is more of a joke than Shane being the best in the world. Although they're kind of neck and neck. Honestly, I feel like Vince was like, you know what? All these fucking people are gonna boycott me. I'm just gonna make them even more angry. Doesn't surprise me. <clears throat> I think that for us to honestly think that Strawman would have won it anyway, it was dumb. Because that would have been the smart thing to do. I had hope. I had high hope. People were saying like it was like a slap in the face to Roman, and I think it kind of was, really. Like, oh, you're not around anymore? We're just mm-hmm. going to give it back to the other guy. Like, we thought you would let you have it for a while, but we're just going to give it back to the other guy. It's ridiculous. When does Drew... When does Drew save us? His push is supposed all? to start now. So. Please save us, I Drew. Know, so I'm assuming after Survivor Series, possibly, we might get something. Maybe around Rumble time, he might, what, win the Battle Royal, maybe? Royal Rumble? It'd be cool if he took it off of Lesnar. I, I no, wouldn't be, be cool mad if he took it off Lesnar at Mania. That would be pretty cool. I would have no voice. Yeah. Hey, if he took it off him, uh, took it off at Rumble, I'd be too. happy too. But either one, it'd be like Big Daddy Drew has saved us. He he saved us from Ugh, the beast. Disgusting. But let's talk about something that is worth talking about. Let's talk about evolution. Oh my God! It actually was really, it really was. good. And let me tell you, the only other, other than Charlotte. Mm. Just you. I was gonna say the only man that was there was Becky Lynch. Yeah, that's true, and then uh, the fact that Charlotte botched that yeah, table that spot. Bad. But other than that, it was great. I never knew that you could use fake boobs to try to break a table. She's lucky that she didn't bust one. She busted one a while back, right? So she's lucky she didn't do it again. Yeah. 
That would have been bad. That's literally what we were. That's literally what we said. We're like, gosh, she probably busted mm. her boobs again. You gotta be careful with those things, I guess. I wouldn't know, but I would, I would imagine you have to wear some like mm-hmm. reinforce. I would wear some sort of reinforcements, like under there, some kind of extra protection. Jeez. Well, yeah. Like you're freaking. You're like, oh, I'm gonna break this table. Oops, <laughs> missed. <laughs> But it was really, really good. It was hailed like the best female match of the year and possibly the best match of the year so far. Which I could see. Um, Meltzer, who... Meltzer, who sometimes we don't put a lot of stock in, but I will at least... Maybe. Um, said it was... It gave it the highest rating of any female match of all I time. I that. Charlotte versus they did Becky. Really well. Now, let me tell mm-hmm. you, I loved it. They didn't. They didn't. You know, hold back at all. Like Becky's flying off a ladder. <laughs> no, <laughs> they're like beating each other with like was it chairs they were beating each other with or, it, yeah, it was just oh yeah, it was good. They did not hold back, and that has a lot to do with the fact that they know each other so well too. It just made it really, really good. And plus, Becky's just totally badass right now, so made it even better. She is. I'm Becky's getting one of those shirts. Oh, I didn't tell you. I've decided um, she's gonna be one of my cosplays. Because I have like, mm-hmm, because I have leather Becky? leggings already, and I have a leather jacket already, so I'm gonna get me the I'm the man shirt, and put some kind of braids in my hair, and get me a SmackDown belt, and I'm gonna be Becky. I could do that. Yeah, probably at Rumble. There probably you go. Probably one of the access days at Rumble, because I have pretty much everything for it other than the shirt. So. Yeah. There you go. I want my being the best in the world. Becky's yeah. the best in the world well, compared to Shane McMahon. Yeah, she should have. Becky should have won that. I saw this meme that said, um, "We had there's a beast and the best in the world, and I can't remember what the other one was." And it said, "And then we have the man, and it was Becky." <laughs> yeah, because yeah. we all root for mm-hmm. Becky. We Becky love can Becky. do no wrong. Although I do like something I read the other day that said they should change her music to be more like badass with like some kind of bagpipe sounds in it that's like really badass. I think that'd be pretty cool. We'll go with her new persona. Yeah. A little bit better than her upbeat music. Dean yeah, Ambrose. Badass. Ambrose. <laughs> so I thought fun. they would announce. Uh, on Evolution bad. Night, they were going to have the Women's Tag Team Championships. Although there were people with signs. And, yeah. yeah, but not yet. Oh. It's nope. coming, though. Like, all the women are tweeting about it. Like, it's really getting annoying mm-hmm. that they haven't I'm announced it I'm wondering if it's Survivor Series, it might. Because we need... <laughs> we need our girls to get them. Like I feel like in Survivor Series, that could be a match. Like maybe four tag teams, survival, the fittest, and the ones that win get the belts. So I hope so. But like everybody's saying, they think it's gonna be Sasha and Bailey, though. And I don't want hell? that. No, we want the iconic Bailey. Yeah. Ugh. Blech. Anybody? I want Bailey to turn did, off Sasha, and it didn't last very again. long. 
I still don't. I still don't. I don't know. No. Like first what she was, was she that? hated her, then she was in love with her, or Sasha was in love with her. Like it was very confusing. I'm so confused. I don't get it. Like, are they fucking? Like, are they not? Like, I don't understand. Can can yeah. we get what are their some Facebook clarification? We need to know. <laughs> yeah, it's complicated. Oh gosh. But um, and actually, oh. the ride squad match versus them and Italia was actually good. Like everybody was kind of running it down. Like us, yeah, us included. We're like, oh, we've seen this a million good. times on Raw, but it's actually really good. Yeah. <coughs> and another match that I didn't mm. think was going to be good was the Battle Royal. Sure, was good. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a hot mess. But I am <laughs> sad. I'm sitting here trying to remember who won it. Nah, it was Naya, right. and I wasn't happy about who won it. But I did too. I kept thinking when I she had her like both. over the rope, like almost had her flipped over that rope. I was like, oh my god, this would be the best ending ever. And then it didn't happen. But remember me saying that Zelina would win. Oh, she came in at the very end. I was like, oh my god, I was right, but I wasn't right. But I know I was got excited. I was like, oh my god, I know, right? But That's what I thought, yeah, too. I wanted Ember or Zelina. No, seriously, we were just like, oh my god, Zelina, 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 and then it was like, it's kind of a waste, really. But damn, <laughs> Zelina came down on Tamina's face real hard. Oh man, oh, shit! Not and her now face. it seems like we're gonna have a Tamina versus Naya feud, which is kind of funny to me because in the Battle Royal they were more working together, and I thought that they were on the same page, so. I'm kind of confused. No, I mean, either it because really you know does that it's nothing not like for me, that. though. You know? No. It does nothing for me. I Like, it just really does nothing for me, though. Like, I'm not interested. And I feel bad because I used not. to like Nia, but ever since mm-hmm. WrestleMania, I don't know. I've just, I've just not liked her. Hmm. I think after she went after Alexa and was, and you know, we all thought that like, that was mm. actually they really did have a falling out. But did you see the other day where um, Naya dressed up her dog as Alexa and said that the dog was Aunt, was Aunt Alexa for Halloween? I'm like, oh well, they must still get along. Yeah. Like, yeah, and I mean, Alexa, somebody actually asked her point blank, like are you guys not friends anymore or what's going on? And she's like, no, we're friends. It's just like, you know, we grew apart, you know, we're still friends. We still get along. It's just, you know, we grew apart and, you know, we're on different schedules and I'm only home one day a week and, and I shooting, you know, that's what it is. And not her and Paige are best. So, I mean, I get it. I mean, I get it, but... It is sad. I mean, they always had time for each other before. They're on the same show. I I mean, I think the difference is, like, when you're shooting Total Divas, it seems like they have you just going mm-hmm. and going and going all the time kind of a thing. And right. then and Alexa was shooting Total Divas. But Alexa decided not to keep going with it, and it turned into... Not, you know, 
that, you know, there isn't any more time. She was only on one season, right, Alexa? I think it was one season. You there? Oh, sorry, I hit mute. Sorry. Um, I hit mute on accident. Sorry, guys. <coughs> but it seemed like when the Bellas weren't on the road, that, like, they weren't as That's close true. to everybody. Well, like, yeah. So, I mean, I think, you know. Mm-hmm. I I yes. get it, but I think it's still sad. But back to the pay per view. I do too. I don't care what people say about her. I like her too. One last thing about Alexa before we go to the pay per view. Freaking Larry Steve <laughs> was in a stroller today, and he is the cutest thing in the world. He dressed up for Halloween, and he's massive. That's sad. I don't think he did. Did he? I don't think he did. Nah. But uh, Murphy puts him on on Instagram a lot, and um, yeah, last it was yesterday because Murphy stayed home. They're in Spain. Um, Alexa went to Spain, and Murphy stayed home with Larry, Steve, and the dogs and all of them. <laughs> but Larry, Steve sleeps in their bed. And he had his Instagram on, and Larry Steve had his oh snout like right up against his ear, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's I cute!" That but kid. I couldn't do it. So big, though. If I would want one, if it didn't get big, but I want one. So I'm gonna say something that's really gonna fire you up. Ronda Rousey is still the champion. What did yeah. you think about that match? I'm gonna need you to elaborate. Bullshit. I would love to see Becky win. She might. She very well might. I hope Becky breaks her arm. Like, I cannot stand her. Like, I can't. I'm so over her. Some people are starting to feel the same way, finally. Ugh. Go away. Like, we felt that way since the beginning. And I'm so happy people are starting to finally get on this train. I just, I I don't know. Go away. And, like, the argument is from the other side is, oh, she's a great athlete. She may be a great athlete. But she's not ready. Well, yeah, but at the same time, like, she has very little training at this particular sport. She got thrown onto the main roster with very, very little training. She got kicked off the roster for for a whole month so, because she had to go back and train because she messed up so much. Like, she may be a good athlete, but she's not a good wrestler. She has handed everything. Like, to me, putting her, like, right everything. in the middle of the the title picture from the very beginning when she had such little training was stupid. Like, either make her train a whole lot more before you even put her out there, or don't start her out that way. 
Exactly. And she's already injured. She's injured Alexa twice. She injured Naya and she injured... Um, Who's the third person? Who's the third person? Naya, Alexa. She looked like she was about to hurt Nikki and Bree. And, like, there was all this comparison. We talked about this last week. All the comparison. Oh, Mickey. Yeah. Like... how oh, like Mickey. she's hurting people but versus Brie hurting people and people are saying it's not the same like it's it's the same like I don't care if you people want to say oh well Brie's been wrestling for 10 years and Brie shouldn't make these mistakes Brie took a lot of time off had a baby helped you know take care of this baby you know and then came back into the ring yeah well you know what I mean like she spent her time taking care of a baby instead of raising a baby training or whatever and she's still raised, still being a mom, still raising a baby or whatever. But she came back, and yeah, she fucked up a couple times. Yeah, she hurt somebody, and that was bad. But I just feel like it's a little bit different than her kicking somebody accidentally in the face is a little bit different than some of the ways that Rhonda has hurt people. Like Rhonda, yeah, that's something legitimately you can kind of rip a little bit more than Alexis you know, arm out of the shoulder. Hard. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, yeah. Like, did they both fuck up? I yeah, have a little more sympathy for Brie, but don't make a it sound bit. like Rhonda's not afforded a, ton, but... a pass and Brie's not. Exactly, and I mean, the thing with Brie is, right. <laughs> she's not being booked as this amazing wrestler like she's never it's never been said that she was right this amazing she's wrestler. never had the women's title like, belt, she's right? never even said that herself yeah yeah no yeah i don't think so nikki has and that's nikki, nikki is wants to be better better than brie brie's at wrestling brie's happy where she's at and you know her main focus is her family and exactly helping and supporting her sister so i don't think brie wants a title belt I don't think she wants any of that. So. Exactly. And again, but she, Rhonda, made, she is like, a great athlete, so but she's not a good wrestler. <laughs> she's just not. Like, she sucks. Just, she sucks. So the little hopes she I had of Nikki sucks. winning died pretty she quickly, though. I was like, okay, this is not going to happen. And then I got really confused because when Nikki did her, like, backstage, like, exit interview, she was like, you know, there will be other opportunities and, you know, next time, you know, I'll be back, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, does that mean you're not coming back anytime soon? And then at the end, when everybody came out at the end of the show onto uh, the ramp, like, they Bellas weren't there. <laughs> Like, it seemed like everybody else was there except for the Bellows. I was like, hmm, that's kind of weird. Like, why weren't they there? I don't know why, but yeah. it's weird. But Char- poor Charlotte. When they were all standing there, Charlotte looked like hell. Yeah. <laughs> you could tell she had just been through it. But that goes to show, look what... She's like, I'm <laughs> dead. I'm just dead. And Becky's sitting there just like... But that just goes to show you the look Ronda at Charlotte. The side eye. She's like, I'm going to And then look at right now. what condition Rhonda's in. You know? Like... 
Mm-hmm. She put like, on I'm so shelf. happy. And Ro- Charlotte's like, I'm about to die. Yeah. She I just thought it was funny how <laughs> Becky's just looking over like, I could end it right now. I could just end it right now. If she had dropped her, yeah. She should have. That would have been entertaining that would, that as hell. Good. But they wanted to make it all about unity. She just and... dropped her right there. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> I would have so, dropped her right there. <laughs> probably. If I was Becky, I would have, yeah. Jen, don't lie. You would have so, dropped um, her. Speaking of Rhonda, because she hurt Alexa and kept Alexa out of oh, evolution. Yeah. You had uh, Foxy taking her place against Trish and Lita. Her and Mickey versus Trish and Lita, which I thought was decent. I didn't think it was. I didn't think yes. it was great, but I wasn't <laughs> impressed. It was the nostalgia factor, but I was compared to the nostalgia factor of having Taker like, in Triple H up. Oh God! At, at least, least it wasn't could stand combined, up on their own. TV at least it wasn't and, a combined age of you know, two hundred mo- out there. Moves and you know sell something like it. It was it, you know they it may not have been that great, but at least they're not these old fogies out there that don't know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Did you see where Taker was trying to? Well, yeah. I mean, Kane's see where mask Taker was trying to throw Triple H into the barrier. It fucking fell <laughs> like, off. Yeah, they were holding hands and running. Yeah, and they looked like we were just running together. Oh my god! And then there's that meme, that gif of Taker, yeah. like where he's like laying down on the what the floor of the on the ring, and like he's his hair is in his face, and he keeps like blowing his hair trying to get out of his face. Oh my god, guys! If you want to see some entertainment, especially if you didn't yeah. watch it, go on Twitter. Like all the important things you need to see are on Twitter. Yeah, and and then Kane doesn't m- move the monitors off the table and choke slams Hunter through the table, right on like flat back, right on top of the monitors. So Hunter fucks his back up, and then <coughs> Hunter fucks his mess. arm up. Um, like Hunter I didn't see all of this. I don't know how HBK looked. Oh my god. Uh, he did a moonsault and landed oh. on his head, landed well, on Taker's boot, his, his face and he cut his eyebrow picture, open. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then he's like, I'm too old. And then at the end, he's but looking at Hunter, H- he's like, we're too old Didn't Sean, like, sign a, a multi-match deal, though? You think? I was thinking that he did. Like... <laughs> I'm sure he's, he's like totally humiliated. The interview after he's like, I I think I'm done. <laughs> oh my god! Well, it was a shit show. Well, like, I mean, HBK was hitting him in the head or something. Like, it, he there was wasn't something going doing on. anything. It just fell off. It did fall off. Yeah. It, it and like we don't know what off. he looks like. And then he grabs his face like it's really oh, burnt. God. 
Yeah. I think Sean's the most capable one in there at this point. Poor I Triple like H. Sean maybe was laughing true. to himself too at that point too. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean, until Hunter got hurt, yeah. And then it was like, at the end, like, the gif, uh, they're sitting in the corner, and Hunter's just sitting there looking like he's dead. <laughs> and Sean just looks over, and he could tell, you could see him just mouth, we're too old for this. It. It's like, yeah. Yeah. You, you know? <laughs> you know? Um, oh, they'll keep going. I think he's, they're starting to understand what the fans were saying now. They'll keep going. Um, you're too old. Let's just He's like, you know, Sean, I got this idea. And Sean's like, you know, maybe not. <laughs> you know, like literally in the interview, he's like, I'm just ready to go back to my old life now. You think? You think? Taker looks like he's just trying to like, oh when he's getting up, he looks like he's like, Trying to grab for the like ropes your childhood to your going life. Down the drain. It's horrible. It's like, oh, God. like we actually, we actually are discussed this in the interview that is going to follow this um, with Alex. But like, I was asking man. him about like how he feels about the older guys coming back and having these matches, and he was kind of like for it and talking about how it draws, you know, draws people to watch and blah blah. blah. And I get that. And, like, if you want to earn your spot, you need to earn it. And I get that, too. But at the same time, when it's that bad, when it's that bad, <laughs> wouldn't it be worth it just to, like, take some, you know, some mid-carters out there and just see what they could do? Like, it, would it really be that hard? <laughs> I mean, anything. Anything. <laughs> take somebody that's, point, you know, I don't care. Like, point, anybody. Like, this put is Dean Ambrose embarrassing. In you're just embarrassing your company doing this. It's just awful. I did. <laughs> like, I f well, when we recorded with Alex, we didn't know how bad. Know. Well, we knew. He, I think he didn't know how bad. And not for me. Be... I mean, think about what happened in Super Showdown or whatever. And I think I mean, even God. for us, it was worse than we thought. Like, even my husband, like, one of the didn't... biggest marks in the world, like... was like, that made me want to yeah, cry. But... That was horrible. We didn't know like... that. <laughs> oh. Horrible. Like, we didn't know. I don't want to watch Crown Jewel. Like, I don't. But like, I want him to watch it. People were going to just get because hurt I want him to watch that match. And just tell me his off. opinion on it. I'd be like, I don't want you to watch anything else. Just watch that one match and just I'm tell not. me your opinion on it. And I guarantee I, we should get him on here next week. I'll make him watch it, and then I'll be like, as a true Mark, I want you to tell us what you thought about that match. Because <laughs> I mean, he's. Oh my god, I knew it was going to be bad. I knew like it. seriously, as as the tweets were coming in, I was just like, this is worse than I thought. <laughs> well, I knew it was going to be bad, but then like, <laughs> it's like, oh, Kane just flat backed Hunter into these monitors. And I was like, oh no. Mm, yeah. It's like, oh, Kane's mask just fell off. I'm like, oh no. Mm. 
oh no like literally the whole time i'm just like oh no <laughs> oh no like oh, literally all i just kept repeating so, was back to oh, evolution real quick no. let's run through some of the others tony storm won the may young classic oh no i'm not oh. surprised either and she's okay i mean i'm not a huge tony tony storm fan but it was a decent match i wasn't surprised not surprised yeah and then uh no. your favorite uh nxt woman beat the little pirate yeah. for the belt i know i felt bad for kaya Zane. i just i didn't like how rough she was with her like oh, it was just a little unnecessary what? And then her, that her pissed me off so posse bad. down there. Yeah. I was so thinking, yeah. and I even said and that I, last week on the podcast. I was, especially after I saw that, the faux I was so woman. thinking there would be like a showdown between, you know, the eight of yeah. them at some point during the night, but there wasn't. I was waiting for it, though. I still think it's going to happen. Maybe at Mania. I don't know. But that'll be interesting. Of course not. Yeah. Ugh. I'm trying. She probably could. Blech. Out of all of them, she's probably could. She could scrap. She's very scrappy. Can Becky kick all of their asses? I like. I like that about her. I want her to. She is. I'm trying to think of the other she matches is. off the top of my head. What else am I forgetting? She's a man. What do we want to say about her? I don't know, but Marie. Can we talk about Maria Canellas? I know. Oh, I know. Like those little, those gifts of like the dads and the audience amazing. with the kids. So and cute. Fre- and Freddie Moon was there. So cute. So cute. Like there's mommy. Oh, so cute. I know. Everybody looked good. Little Freddie Moon was there. Maurice looked good, even though she wasn't in the ring. Mhm. I know. And I know. So cute. Freddie Moon and uh, Monroe Sky got to meet, so and cute. I love it. I just think it's really cool that they that they went to go watch it and brought brought her. I thought that was really cool. We're just missing Birdie because it's important. It is important. Mhm. I, I love that. I love Ms. and Asuka. I love it. They're and they adorable. were there to cheer on Oscar. Except for Team Little Big, but. They're the best team. I know. I love them. He was. I, you know what? I do love <laughs> Um. Bailey and Finn's team. Finn was there mm-hmm. to cheer on Bailey. I like Carmella and Ruth. He was. And um I do love Inber mm-hmm. and Braun. Mella looked good in her little eighties outfit. We're talking about the mixed match challenge. Yes, Truth mm-hmm. was there to cheer on Carmella. I'm becoming a really big Mella fan. Mella looked mm-hmm. amazing. I want that outfit. Please. I love Mello. They did, even though they got eliminated first. Money. Damn. They're just jealous. And our, our Iconics looked amazing. They really are. That I know. Power duo. It's cut, you know why? It's, 
Exactly. And they're that big of a threat. Haters. They are. They are. <laughs> they're just that upset. So yeah, all in all, all a very good pay-per-view. A very, very good pay-per-view compared to the hot Iconic. mess. Not even hot. The mess. That was Crown Jewel. It kind of is, isn't it? Yeah. And did you also read where Evolution was produced by the next? I feel like it's karma. Mm -hmm. It is very interesting. Mm Hmm. Uh huh. And not Kevin Dunn. Hmm. Who produces Raw? (laughs) And the pay-per-views and is Vince's right-hand man. Like horse And he's teeth? got big teeth. Uh, he does. Look <laughs> up a picture of Kevin Dunn, guys. You will see it. He's got big teeth. Hey, that's that's the worst part, then. <laughs> we should talk oh, about yeah. people's teeth. Ooh, girl. Oh, and gosh. he's creepy. And he's creepy. Mm, that's true, but that could be really painful. He's real creepy. You have to have your gums, like, moved and... <laughs> All hey, he's stuff. got the money to get That's him painful. fixed. Uh, I don't have any experience with Invisalign, but I know regular braces and all that shit is very painful. Oh, well, I know. I got some Invisalign or something. And I had uh, headgear. Oh, my God. I was a little, I was a, I know, I was a little kid from Finding Nemo. I, I had headgear. Let me tell you, that shit hurts. I've had both. That hurts so bad. Because you'd have to tighten oh, it like, every night. You had this huge thing in the roof of your mouth. It had these little like thong <laughs> things on it. And you'd have to tighten it every night. It hurts so fucking bad. Oh my god. It was awful. I didn't wear it for very long. I didn't wear it for very long. But oh my god, it was awful. Like The torture people put their children through. Yeah, I didn't have that. Oh yeah, my retainers yeah, I gave I up had, on. I hated them. Yeah, that's I didn't I'm, have that. I had braces. That's why my bottom teeth are a little crooked again. Because Invisalign, I just, I like, I and I had retainers. My mother got really mad at me. She's like, "We spent all this money, and you're gonna let them be crooked." I'm like, "Yeah, I, I gave up on that too. Bad. I don't have the gap between my two front teeth anymore, so who cares?" My top teeth are okay. My bottom teeth are a little crooked, but my top teeth weren't super crooked to begin with. That's why my top teeth are slightly crooked. So, no. But anyway, guys, go go on YouTube <laughs> and look up Kevin Dunn, and you guys will Kevin Dunn WWE. You guys will laugh your asses off. I have a whiny dog in there. I can hear him. Seriously, it is. Oh my god, he sounds horrible. He's fine. Why is he pitching a fit? My dog is uh what almost two weeks post-op i think from his uh surgery he is whining like a little baby in there all right kevin dunn wwe i'm looking for him i can't hear you again by the way I see him in this picture. If you put it on YouTube, you can actually... uh, It does bring up Kevin Dunn's teeth. (laughs) Oh, Jim 
Mm, yeah, the teeth yep. are pretty big. Gotta admit. G- oh, it is Jim Cornette. Jim Cornette does too. bury Kevin Dunn, and it is the funniest shit in the world. Told you. He's the he's the guy who um, really? comes up with really shitty storylines. Hmm. And he's the one who said that Becky was a terrible promo because she has an accent. Probably. Mm -hmm. Uh, All right. I think we've talked a long time. Our interview is pretty long, isn't it? Mm, Probably. Mm -hmm. So why don't you, like, explain what's going down tonight? You're going. It is, guys. It is a long interview. But it is good. So. I am going. Um, so Alex Salyers, who is our interview slash friend of the show, he has his two out of three falls match tonight at the AZ finale for CWFAZ. So yeah, I'm talking to him, it sounds like it's uh, a very personal excited. feud going on. I hope him and Mike don't kill yeah. each other. That's all I hope. Yeah. So hopefully not. Um, is it going to be live on fight or is it going to be put up on fight later? It is highly personal. It will be put up on fight later. If you want to see where Mike uh, bashes his head open, which is um, where he had to get staples in his head, that is actually up on Fight Network right now. Um, I'll put it out on our social media too. But it is the, uh, the, pre- the one of the wrestling from Arizona, this. the October twenty third episode. Yeah, and um, you will see where his head gets bashed open. Yes, the prelude. Um, and then the one after the October 30th episode is where he the match is set for the two out of three falls. So those are two that two bigger episodes featuring Alex. And today's taping is where it all comes to a head. And I hope he wins. Hope I have... High hopes, and I just hope he. <laughs> I will know. Doesn't get. I will. I will be kept up to date, so I will know. I hope not. Apparently, that's hot. Jen will know. Remember when you told him in the interview? They'll hear in a minute. Whenever you're like, "Oh, I send Jen a picture of your staples in your yes, head," and he's like, "That's hot." <laughs> what? Oh yeah. Yeah, it's pretty funny. I was like, yeah, oh, I pretty yeah. much know you. Yeah. Sort of. I, I, yeah, Jen your, saw his head wound. I've seen and your head. I've seen, I've seen and your blood. I've seen everything. Oh, man. I've seen it all. All right. So, you pretty much do. We're going to get out of here because she has to get ready and I have stuff to do. Seen it all. Yes. Hmm. Yes, but stick around for the interview because it is really insightful. Very insightful. 
for once. <laughs> <laughs> but really, guys, enjoy it and let us know what you think. Hi. Hi, guys. So we're here with Alex Salyers, who is a friend of the show. And a fan of the show. And a fan of the show. All right. This is your second time, well, second and a half time, because you're on the all-in free show. Which Which was was a hot mess. That was awesome. We won't even count that. We'll just, we'll, just say, we'll just say this is my first time. No. Because this is more of like a... Uh, actual sit-down interview? This is an actual sit-down interview. Where I'll actually answer questions and be truthful and not be so... Um, crazy? Opinionated with a drunken... <laughs> with a drunken preface to it, so... Are you sure about that? Positive. Okay. That's good to know. If you say so. <laughs> Okay, well, I get to be the interviewer today, which is yes. I know. I'll chime in. I've never really interviewed anybody before, but I I have a few questions. But okay, well, we were we'll talking. Have Jen go first because her questions are more what everybody will want to know, probably. And then I have a couple that I think are interesting. But. Well, the first question that needs to be answered: Yes, absolutely, my arms are bigger than Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I can vouch for that. They are. They, they look bigger, and they're not really they are. Out, so. <laughs> yeah. And he's got a better personality than Hulk Hogan, too. I just, it doesn't everybody? You do! Everybody does. Really. I don't like Hulk Hogan. Just my opinion. Okay, so we were talking about a whole bunch of stuff before this, which I wish we had recorded. But I know. I know. That seems to always happen when I'm on a podcast. We- <laughs> We ended up having this preliminary discussion, and then they're like, man, that was gold, the way you just opened up and just said all that. Why didn't we hit the microphone button? <laughs> I know, we should have. From now on, we'll just hit record right when we start, and then we'll just cut everything out if you just don't say anything. Yeah. Revolutionary. That's true. That's true. We'll just do that from now on. <laughs> all right, so I guess let's start at the beginning. When do you remember first getting into watching wrestling? <laughs> um, <laughs> everything I answer and I just so you know is going to be a little unorthodox and probably uh, totally unexpected um, I started ra- watching wrestling at four years old uh, my mom for whatever reason and I don't particularly remember this and I guess this is just only by the memory that I have to go by of, as far as my mom seems to tell the story um, I was in the boxing first and I was boxing with my uncle in diapers. And one day, my mom and came across pro wrestling, and it caught my eye. And I asked her not to flip the channel, and I stopped and watched and fell in love by accident. It was the most disastrous, beautiful thing that ever happened to me. The very first match I ever watched was Chris Benoit versus Dean Malenko. Oh, Chris Benoit. Which, I still love him. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've said it before on this show. <laughs> and I've said this before as well. Um, if there's, if 
if you watch my work, um, there's anything if there's anything to be said about my work, you can see who I looked up to in the wrestling business as far as a realistic stature in the wrestling ring. Um, you know, really is attributed to. Um, I think it's fair to say that I couldn't have been exposed to the wrestling business with any two better craftsmen as far as pro wrestlers go than Dean Malenko and Chris Benoit. That's true. And that's, I was four years old. That would have been 1990. It was between three and four, I guess. So it was either 1996 or 1997. So when did you decide what you wanted to do? When I saw Stone Cold Steve Austin wrestle Bret the Hitman Hart for the first time at WrestleMania 13. And why is that? Nothing nothing about that. Like There had never been anything I had ever seen ever in my life that made me believe the sport was as real as it was at that time as an impressionable little kid that I was at the time. Where I thought this, this is so real and this is so invoking. And uh, I was so hooked and I was so in love and my life was held hostage from there on. And my poor mother too. I always say that my poor mother who was held, who's every Monday night was held hostage flipping channels between Monday night raw and WCW nitro. Um, She was a trooper. She stuck with it and she supported me through that. But it was WrestleMania 13 where I was just like, I'm just so, like, my heart has just been captivated, and so is my mind. I'll, there's nothing I want to do with my life other than this. And, uh, you know, not that I haven't, I, I won't lie, WrestleMania 12 had a big impact on me as well. Um, when I saw the uh, 12, the 60 minute Ironman match, that was. Not so much of a thing where I was just like, oh, I'm so captivated and I'm like, I'm, I have suspended my disbelief so much because as a kid, I didn't understand the concept of suspending your disbelief for the sake of the sport. But I just thought, man, like two guys can wrestle for 60 minutes and fight that hard. And I remember thinking that as just a little kid and I was just like, you're not going to find many guys who can do that. And uh, I was like that to me made this such a respectable sport. Even as just a little kid, I was just kind of like that was like this is a real man's sport. This is this is bigger than football. This is bigger than boxing. This is bigger than everything. And that probably had a lot to do with the personas that had that sixty minute iron match between so that had that had a. Uh, luminary impact to it, but it was WrestleMania 13 where I watched Austin bleed like a tough pig and not give up, and Kim Tamarack had to pull Bret Hart off of him, and everybody asks me if there was one that <laughs> they can go back and watch over and over again and I get tired of. It's that one. Still to this day, I'll be 25 in a few weeks, and uh, that is one match. I still to this day sit and watch like a little kid. And I'm such a fan of that match. Um, and I wouldn't trade that. I would not trade that. I would hold that match against anybody of today's world that is kind of like a newer generation of a wrestling fan. I would hold that match against any one of theirs any day of the week. And I 
I truly believe it would stand the test of time. That's cool. So how did you get like involved? Like what did you do to to get into the company that you're in? Did you start in that company or did you start somewhere else first? I sold my soul to the devil. <laughs> <laughs> oh great. Oh well. That's encouraging. Everybody out there wants to be a wrestler. Oh, great. <laughs> no. Um, do, I want, do I want to know? <laughs> well, I want to know. In my opinion, it's, and I'm not trying to make it like a dark and cynical thing, but that to me, that's what I attribute it to. Sometimes because it's like, that's what it almost takes. Looking back at when I started, that's kind of maybe what, what I did, and I just didn't realize it at the time. I was way, way too young to be getting my foot into wrestling. I was 14 years old. Oh, wow. Um, my aunt, I mean, I had always talked about wanting to be a pro wrestler, and I would do anything, take anything I could get. Someday, somehow, someway. And, uh, my aunt, I still to this day don't know how she came across them, but she came across a local wrestling promotion. It was a Lucha Libre promotion um, called Piranha Promotions. They held about 1,200 people every single Sunday religiously at a Mercado arena. Um, she came across them and called my mom and said, hey, there's this wrestling promotion in town, and they're looking for people to train. My mom hung up the phone and called them immediately. He was like, my son has always wanted to be a pro wrestler and would really like a shot. And I had been such an avid follower. And I was one of those dorks that even in like the seventh grade was wrestling with like a bodybuilder. Or like one of those, one of those stupid little dolls that you can buy like from the WWE. The like, Russell Buddies? Oh no! I'm stupid like I that. I still want one. I still have. Them. Oh yeah, we tried to get them. <laughs> yeah, uh, I had a Goldberg and a Sting wrestle buddy, and they were just that. They were up with many friends because the kid that grows up watching wrestling doesn't grow up with very many friends. It's true. At least not in my generation. Um, my mom called the promoter, Martin Martinez. And he said, well, bring him on down first for a training. We'll see how he does, and we'll go from there. And he was – I've always been an athletic kid. Um, I got in there, and it was very natural to me. And I, I, I don't mean to say that this is like an arrogant thing. It was just um, – for whatever reason, and it was probably – it probably had to do with how serious I took it and how much of an avid follower I was of it as a kid. I just um, – I just understood it. Right. You know, you put me on a gridiron and you put me on a football field, I might not understand how to perform every play. I'll be honest. Um, you put me in a wrestling ring and that is a place I feel at home. And even on my first night of training, I felt very comfortable and did very well. And they were like, well, he is far surpassed an advanced learner. And within a couple of months, I had my first live wrestling match at 14. At 14. Wow. At, uh, in front of about 2,000 people. Um, 
It was in a baseball diamond. I forgot what kind of large event it was, but it was a big event. Uh, and I probably don't remember it very well, only because it was all in Spanish. <laughs> um, but I wrestled four matches in one night, two without a mask as a heel in the Libre world that is a Rudo. Two under a mask as a baby face, and in the Lucha Libre world, that is known as a Technico. Four out of four were, now that I can watch them, being where I'm at now and seeing what I, and knowing what I know about wrestling. I, I hope to God this takes never air or surface to the public. <laughs> I will die of shame. At the time, um, though, were you proud of it? You thought you did a really good job? Um, I don't remember being proud of it. I remember being critical and nervous as hell. Um, and a little confused because this was one of those unorthodox things about my break into the wrestling business. I broke into a Lucha Libre company where everything was done in Spanish. And um, for those of you who don't know at home, Lucha Libre is a different world. The American style wrestlers work left-handed. Lucha Libre, they work right-handed. I'm a right-handed guy. Um, but the terminology and the way they call things in the ring, um, for example, and this did uh, pose a very big problem for me, and I got in big trouble my first night in the wrestling business because of this. Um, when they say, like, for example, they say the word suplex. Suplex means about six different things in a wrestling ring. It basically just means a, a, some sort of body slam of any sort. That's what they attribute a suplex to. Um, I had a kid up on the top rope, and he said suplex. I'm a white guy. So I'm thinking, okay, suplex. And I hook his arm over my arm or, or over my head, and I'm trying to suplex him. He goes, no, suplex, 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 and broken very – you know, very broken up English. And um, what he meant was an arm drag. <laughs> Suplex and an arm drag are the same thing in uh, in Lucha Libre. And that was something I was not smart enough to. So I wasn't proud of my first night in the wrestling business. I was more, I was left with more questions than I, you know, was left with answers. So it was hard for me to be proud of something. I didn't quite really understand quite the way I thought and hoped I would by that point. That was a tough transition for me. However, I would be retrained as an American wrestler a few years later. And um, I've always said that I'll be employed by the wrestling business till I die. And I've always contributed that to the fact that I was trained in a very unorthodox way. I would work for Lucha Libre companies years later as the white guy in a Mexican crowd in a Mexican locker room and would always be the most favored guy. I would be in tag team matches where guys would be in masks and not speak a word of English. And my tag partner would be out there. He'd tag me in. And one minute I'm working left-handed. I'm sorry, right-handed as a luchador with a guy who wears a mask and doesn't speak English. And I was able to speak enough Spanish at the time still can now even better uh and then by the time he tags his partner in who might be an american style wrestler he would get in the ring and wrestle left-handed 
So I'd switch my left hand because I was trained to be able to do both. So I'm like ambidextrous. There's only, there's only a few things that I can't do uh, right-handed in my life. That's um, right and shoot a rifle. Um, actually, I take that back. I can shoot a rifle left-handed. But I always thought that that was just like the weird th weirdest thing. Like I just learned how to do wrestling with both hands. And um, so like looking back at it, it's just uh, proud. Yes, a little bit because I'm proud that like maybe that was the way I broke in. However, when I say that, that's like a, a thin red line right there when I say that because I'm a father. I have a I have a little girl at home, and if she walked up to me at a four, as at a, as a fourteen year old kid and said, "Well, I want to be a pro wrestler like you," I'd be like, "Absolutely not." When you turn eighteen, we will have this conversation again if you still feel that strongly about it. But you will absolutely because my first night in the wrestling business was weird, and it was looking at it at, from a parent's perspective. I don't know what my mother was thinking, but I also don't know what my mother was aware of that was going on behind the curtain. I mean, I had, I would go out there and have my match come back, and there was nothing in the locker room to drink but beer. And there was a group of us that were kids out there trying to perform. And then, like, La Parca from Mexico, the, the famous luchador that everybody knows by mm -hmm. now, La Parca, like, was standing up on a chair butt naked swinging his everybody and I'm a 14 year old kid not really understanding like what I've gotten myself into I wouldn't trade that but it was a learning curve and a learning experience and I'm I'm cautious as to how I present the wrestling business to my kid because she's impressionable she wants to do everything like her dad does and I love that and I appreciate that however I understand what being in this business does to you and for you and I'm very cautious as to what I expose her to in regards to the wrestling business. Right. Just my next question. <laughs> it was a very good answer. So getting into um, <laughs> the company that you're in now, how do you how do you go about like how did you go about getting into this company? Like your mom helped you with the first are one. We are we talking about well, I, I'm sorry. I, I work for several different independent companies. Are we talking about the television company, Championship Wrestling, yeah. Arizona? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, well, that's a weird one. <laughs> well, no. Uh, there'd be a conflict of interest. <laughs> okay. Um, and it would probably hurt a lot of feelings. But... Um, this is not this is a very successful branch of the company but it used to not be uh we had championship wrestling from arizona four or five years ago run by a guy who will remain nameless however if i ever run into him face to face again um there will probably be a police report for the issues um It was a very piss poor um, personification of Championship Wrestling from Arizona, and I, I don't know whether or not he was the originator of it. But it fell through after several years of trying very hard, and that was where I became an American trained wrestler originally. 
now it went defunct. It went under, it, you know, that, that that company went belly up. At least I think it did um, for a few years. And nobody heard anything about it after that. And then I would go on working all these other wrestling companies, but then Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, which is the parent company to what we have, to the establishment we have here in uh, Arizona now, um, they run the United the United Wrestling Network. And it is a, in my opinion, very sophisticated, um, there's a very sophisticated presentation of using pro wrestling and um they decided to make like a sister branch of it uh which they would rebrand and re you know i guess you could say resurrect championship wrestling from arizona and all owned by david marquez and our executive producer being nick greenwood they come down here and they film television as like a separate branch we film four television episodes in one night every taping and so it kind of just got in the right the right place at the right time i just kind of went on the road at, for a little while they were filming tv down in uh tucson at a casino called desert Miner casino and uh i would show up there help set up the ring just make my presence known shake hands and introduce myself and then they decided like okay we're gonna put you on tv and see what you got um wasn't great but it wasn't horrible enough for them to not book me again so they asked me to keep coming back and after a while we moved away from desert diamond casino i think we uh we relinquished our contract again and moved over to the, the world famous yes and uh what a blessing in disguise i think that was because we've gotten such a following and we've gotten such a chance to survive on our own as a sister company that didn't have quite as much funding, didn't quite have as much faith. At least that's, I think that's what the general consensus was as far as our production team went. And here I am, one of their top characters on the show. And uh, I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. I was lucky enough to be there. And I had some of the right friends that were willing to pitch my name. and out for me so here i am now at the nile theater which is where you know which is home of championship wrestling from arizona uh, we just passed our 100th episode which is incredible and uh in, uh to answer your question in a nutshell i guess it was just i started in this small time promotion if you can consider it a small time promotion that I had uh, no business in, truthfully. And then all these years later, I just happened to be trained by the right guy, happened to be in the right place at the right time, and ended up in Championship Wrestling in Arizona, which is a place I now call home. So we were talking earlier before we started recording, one of the things we should have been recording. How did you develop your whole persona and your character? Um... You can say whatever you want. It's up to you. Yeah, no, um, that was actually, I don't want to say it was by accident. I don't think that's accurate. I had started coming up with the idea earlier on and never told anybody because I knew there was going to be backlash. 
Um, I have gone on record of saying that Johnny Cash is one of my idols. So I took on this man in black character. And I had this, like, I had been kind of, I had this idea had been swinging around in my head for a long time about how I would bring the man in black to life on television. And um, I knew that there were, like, there were some, like, major internal battles of, like, should I, should I take the chance and kind of change my character? Um, because I was wrestling a character beforehand that um, was slated to be a baby face, or I'm sorry, slated to be a heel. I was kind of stuck in a role with a, a valet at one point who had nothing to do with wrestling, but nothing to do with one of the other girlfriends who got kind of thrown into the mix with me. And so instead of me getting to own my craft as far as a heel character, I more or less had to do a babysitting spot out there for her making sure she was in the right position at the right time. And I didn't really ever get a chance to develop my character. Then I ended up getting turned babyface with a heel name, Alex Sinister. That has heel written all over it. It does. <laughs> so here this Alex Sinister character used to come out, shaking hands and kissing babies and just smiling. <laughs> um, but knowing you is not even. Yeah, look at the kids. Yeah. Um, so, and you hated um, that, I'm sure. Yeah, what's that? You hated that, I'm sure, when you had to do it. At first, I didn't. I didn't. It was more of a learning curve. And then uh, I won my first championship as Alex Simpson. It was just, I knew that it was the entanglement, and it was a very oxymoronic perception to have in the public eye and I knew that there was it was just it was great while it lasted but I knew if I wanted to get to a higher level it was that was not going to be the one that got me there and uh, I started kind of juggling this idea of just being the real me and uh, I know in this business they would say well every wrestling character is just that person turned to 100 turn the dial up to 100 and that's correct but uh me being a Johnny Cash fan, I started watching the movie Walk the Line. And I really watched it, and I think it actually developed more. Watching that movie one time developed more in my head of what Man in Black could be as a television character in today's society. And uh, what really did it for me, obviously you've seen the movie, um, it was the... It was more towards the end of the movie where uh, Joaquin Phoenix sitting all in there in this little, by this table where the, all these Sun Record label guys were sitting around going, you know. I know what you're about to say. I'm sorry. I yeah, love they, that. Well, oh, yeah. we don't we don't want to we don't want him to film a, a, or you know record a live album prison. and uh, he was dressed in all black and I said, well, look at him. He looks like he's going to funeral and he says, well, maybe I am. Mm -hmm. And that was where the light bulb went. Bing. That's like my favorite line in the whole movie. Yeah, well, and that was the most um, gravitational line for me in the movie because at the time I was at an early onset of a drug problem. And um, I knew that life was taking a much more realistic time for me and heart matters. And I was really willing to admit to the public. And I was beat up and 
I needed time off. I had just become a brand new father. I wanted I wanted time off. Wanted to go home and 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 people still to this day they they give me they give me a lot of grief over this one. I've heard a lot of comments made in the locker room. You know, like oh well, he took a lot of time off there in that time period where he was red hot, and it was just like you know. I already knew how to be a great pro wrestler. I already knew how to be a good wrestler. Being a father was brand new to me, and I wanted to go home and learn how to be a good dad. And to me, it was kind of like, who is here to honor And um, what a blessing that was, because you know when I started getting into championship wrestling from Arizona, I spoke to Nick Greenwood, who was our executive producer, about the idea of the character. And I started allowing this character to kind of come out on smaller shows to try to test the boundaries of like how an audience would react to him as a baby face or as a heel and i wasn't thrilled at first and i think that just mainly became a thing i think that was mainly because i would go out there and the audience was so used to alex sinister now i'm being announced as the man in black alex salyers which is my shoot name and they were a little confused and um, I don't blame them, but I started to have, I, I started having the, you know, to realize the task of personifying this character with that one line from the movie, as far as, you know, maybe I am dressed for a funeral, but I started thinking a little deeper and it was kind of like, you know, I had just gotten in and out of rehab. I just overcome a drug addiction and I thought, you know, Maybe I could play off of this, and it, it sure as hell paid off because when people ask me now, like, what's your, in a nutshell, like, in a few sentences, if you had a gun to your head, what is your wrestling character? Who is the man in black? And I always tell them, I'm a guy in mourning at my own funeral. You know, the old Alex Sinister character who was a bright, handsome young kid who had a bright, you know, fruitious career in the wrestling business it didn't work out because he had a nearly broken neck he had to leave to go home and get his neck fixed and then go home and be a dad had a drug problem and life got a hold of him and so did all of his demons and now the man in black is the fruition of that and now he's standing here at the funeral mourning that young kid who had a bright chance and now you get the realistic side of life and the man of black and be ready to shut the casket on what was and deal with what is. And um, that catapulted me in such a cool way because I think our audience resonates with that. It's such a realistic and, and just not just realistic, but such an empathetic way because I think a lot of people can understand what I've been through because they've been through it in some similar fashion. I think that's that's too like that is Johnny Cash in a nutshell too. <laughs> like he was the exact same way. I just I love Johnny Cash though. Okay, so what are your plans as far as the future? Do you want to stay on the independent circuit or would you rather make the leap to WWE, which is kind of risky for anybody right now, but well. Um, obviously, the goal for anybody in my position would be to want to get signed. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I know that that is not always Either the point. most realistic goal to have in today's world of pro wrestling. I'll be honest. Uh, I'm not in the best physical shape. I mean, there's there's injuries that I won't be able to recover from. There's injuries that I won't be able to recover from fully. Um, I mean, there's, you know, some people know it, but I've, I've got a plate and it screws in my ankle. I've had neural ablations in my neck where they had to burn the nerves dead completely on both sides of my neck in order for me to feel my arms again because the nerves were pinched so bad that I couldn't feel my fingertips anymore. So, um, I don't expect to have the uh, shelf life in the wrestling business quite the same as Rick Flair. Um, that being said, I'm taking it a day, you know, each day as it comes, but obviously I would love to be signed to the WWE. Um, however, I have had some extremely close calls and extremely scary situations happen in the wrestling business. Well, at this point, I'm just grateful for every chance that I get to have. Being able to lace my boots up and walk out to the curtain another night in one piece. I'm more grateful for that than anything. Because I know it can all come to an end uh, in the blink of an eye. So, obviously, I would love to go to the WWE. Uh, I've had some really, really incredibly humbling things happen to me in the wrestling business. If it all ended today, I could probably walk away and, you know, keep my head up and go, you know, hey, you know, I, I had it my way and I did a great job and I did everything I could for every promoter I worked for. I showed up to every show. I worked sick. I worked hurt. I worked injured. I worked tired. <laughs> I worked Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and twice on Sundays, back-to-back shows. Um, I was a reliable and guy in the wrestling business and uh, the only time I can recall ever having a cancel on a booking the same day of the show was when I had to take my daughter to the hospital because of a, uh, a breathing issue and uh, they they fully understood um, but that was the only time in 10 years that I've ever had to say hey I can't make it and I won't make it something else came up you know it, it didn't that was some of the biggest fights that I've had with um, my, I guess you can say fiance. Um, that that has been rocky because of the drug addiction, but uh, that that was one of the biggest fights I remember. Was I had gone to the hospital after landing on my head and neck. I was in a two out of three falls match, and uh, I landed on my head and neck in the top rope, and. It was such a bad landing. The only reason I can recollect any of it is because I've seen the footage. Without the footage and me being able to see it and it being available to the public, I don't remember cognitively, I don't remember that match. <clears throat> but I got up and wrestled the rest of the match with what I thought was a broken match. I'm dealing with chest cold. It was after that that I had to take some time off, but I wrestled like six more months 
and uh, <clears throat> that was one of the worst fights I had ever been in. I tell you, you know, I had gone to a hospital that night. I was in the hospital till about three o'clock in the morning. I've been doing all kinds of X-ray and CT scans in my head and all kind of neurological exams because the damage looked pretty bad and they released me from the hospital. I went home, slept a few hours, got up, packed my wrestling bag. And she walked in the room and saw me packing my gear and was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I've got a show today. She's like, you're insane. And she's like, we can't do this. Like, you can't do this. Like, you have a family at home. And I, and my response to her was like, have you seen our cabinet and how little food we have in there? Like, I need to make it to the show if you want to eat for That was one of the worst. I walked out the door and got in the car and went and did that show. And uh, looking back, she, she had every right to be that angry at me because she relied on me as a father, a soon to be husband, and as a provider in the household. She had every right to be upset with me. And I, I was wrong for that one. I was wrong for that one. I couldn't be a man anymore, but I was wrong for that one. If I was in her position, I would have been just as equally as angry, if not more. And um, I know my answers are a little long-winded, but <laughs> but uh, but all in all, to answer your question specifically, um, obviously I would love to go to the WWE, but I understand that I have um, negligently used a lot of my bumps on my. I don't know if you've heard the term the bump card. Your your bump card runs out after so many years, taking so many bumps and everything. Yeah, so many punches on that card. Yeah. Um I got my ass chewed out by guys that had been around 10, 15, 20 years earlier on, and they I'd come back to the curtain and they would chew me out up and down. What are you doing taking bumps like that for such a small pay? In front of an audience that's so small or a show that isn't the payoff like what are you doing taking bumps like that when they don't matter and at the time i was in the mind frame of just having the best best match on the card now i want to have the match that sells the most tickets on the card not the most you know spot bested match on the card you know what i mean i, I don't have to have a five-star kenny omega match every time I just want to get the point across and tell the story and sell the tickets. And um, had I learned that when I was 16, 17, 18 years old, um, my career would probably have a little more longevity uh, promise to me. But I don't have that now. And I have had to come to terms with that. So WWE is obviously on the agenda and obviously um, a, a goal. But I understand that I might have a a mountain to climb in comparison to some of the molehills that some of the younger generation have to climb to get there. So uh, I take what I can get. I'm grateful for it. So what about something like Ring of Honor or something like that? Like you only have to wrestle like, like how many nights a month? Like two or something? It's crazy. Two or three. Two or three, yeah. I take it. I take it on a beat. I take any chance I can get out there because I love it and 
I've always said that I'll be employed by the wrestling business until the day I die. I'll never be able to walk away fully. I know that someday um, my time will come when I have to hang out for good and not ever do any more physically perform, but I was at least smart enough and humbly I was afforded um, the opportunity to go to the right you know, set of people who would later on start teaching me how to do other jobs in the wrestling business. I know how to do a lot of things in the wrestling business other than just go out there and have a collar and elbow tie up. Um, and because of that, when it's my time to step out of the ropes for good, um, I'll always have something to do backstage behind the curtain to help the younger generation. And I've always contributed that to the, to the life of the undertaker. You want a guy that's always giving back to the wrestling business? That'd be the undertaker. And I want that legacy. I want, I want people to talk about me when I'm gone and I'm dead. I want people to be able to talk about means say you know he had his issues there were times where he was difficult to deal with when he was young and um not as well polished and he was because that's what i always tell people like i was a kid in the wrestling business that was a weird transition think about that like close your eyes and imagine having to be the kid in high school as a freshman having to learn how to still be you know sociable and fit in with the uh, uh, society as a kid at 14 years old <clears throat> and uh learn how to ask the girls to dance so to speak. <laughs> and learn how to be that kid while still learning how to be a guy who knows how to disconnect from society because you have to learn how to be able to sell a t-shirt and then disappear and smoke with their money when you sell a t-shirt and live a very adult life as a kid that was a very odd transition that, in my opinion, hindered a lot of friendships, hindered a lot of life experiences. And I've said this before, um, not quite on a microphone, but I'll say it now. Um, there was a lot of experiences that I missed out on as a teenager that uh, I, for a little while, regretted. Now I'm almost 25 and I've had more than half my life. What did I die over there? We both died over here. One, two, one, one over here. Um, I look back, you know, I've had over half my life now some sort of involvement in the wrestling business. So you're not technically in a wrestling line for me, but I have some sort of time and involvement in the wrestling business for over half my life. And uh looking back at it, seeing as some of the really cool things I've gotten to do in the wrestling business, the cool things I've seen, places I've been, and most of all the people I've gotten to become friends with and cross paths with, um, things that would mean the most to me. Now I don't feel so cheated out of the life of a teenager, you know, asking to go to prom and becoming prom king, being a star quarterback and being a popular kid in school because I would never be above. And uh, I wouldn't trade any of that now. Looking back at, you know, looking at where I've come and looking at 
some of the really cool things that I've gotten experience in the wrestling business and things that I will hold near and dear to me until I die. And I've always said that I'll have a life to talk about and so many stories and cool things to talk about with my grandchildren someday. Uh, I wouldn't trade any of that. I'm glad that the night that my prom went on, you know, most kids are in the back of a limo or the back of some old pickup truck getting laid and you're partying or you're drinking you're this or that you're doing all kinds of dumb stuff i was home watching wrestling and studying because i was going to have another show the following week i was living a life at a young age that most people my age couldn't understand and i had the hopes and expectancy to have that pay off and in some ways it did so i wouldn't trade that um I'm grateful for that experience. I'm grateful for that roller coaster ride that I had at such a young age. But now, even though I'm still considered so young, I know I have a slur guy to come to me and go, Hey, what'd you think of this? How would you do this? And, and I get to coach and I get to give my two cents. And it's it's kind of funny how that kind of comes full circle. They're like, I'm a young guy, but I'm an old guy at the same time. Because I've had a lot of ass time in the wrestling business. And <clears throat> like I said, I used to feel like maybe I took the wrong, I made the wrong decision getting so hard in at such a young age. Um, and, I, and again, I'm not saying that I would allow my kid to do the same thing as people are older. If I had a son someday, I wouldn't necessarily be totally clean and sold on the idea of allowing him to do the same thing, but I wouldn't trade my experience for anything. I feel like the wrestling business, <clears throat> without getting too far into detail, so quick off the bat, um, my parents had their issues, and I had my issues with my parents, and in a way, I feel like the wrestling business raised me. I feel like the wrestling business parented me and raised me and molded me into the man I am today and has such a gigantic influence over who I am as a human being today with life experiences and um, learning experiences that some good and some bad have really affected the way I look at life and the way I treat people and the way I treat situations when they come across my life. So I wouldn't say it not for anything I, I absolutely would not trade being that 16 year old kid who was shedding weight for the wrestling team learning how to be a legitimate shoot wrestler just to be a better wrestler in the ring and then go out there and have a 40 minute match at 16 minutes at 16 years old regardless of quality i, would, I just would not trade that because i don't know many people who by the time they're on a deathbed, could say that they did that. Right. That's a unique lifestyle and such a unique experience and such a unique thing to be able to tell my grandchildren someday. I just, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't trade that for being a clown king. Because you don't get I was just thinking when you said that, like you don't, you don't look like a prom king. Not, you know, like it's not like your persona at all, like your personality at all to be a prom king. No, I'm a. It's overrated. Yeah. 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 Y
And I get the little bike that they gave me on TV. You only get to be bouncing once, you know, for one night. For a couple hours, and then when you're 18, you can go in and start working on it. You, you get to be bouncing for one night. You can talk about bouncing for one night. Nobody's really going to care because there are so many people across this world about bouncing for one night. Nobody cares. This is like a
it's about being with friendships, relationships, and opportunities that I thought I deserved and didn't get and watched somebody else get. And it just, it was one of, you know, at, at a younger age, it was like, why didn't I get that? It was all pissing and moaning. But now it's just like, okay, I just have to work harder. And, you know, make it more of a unanimous decision that any opportunity that comes about that, you know, I'll make sure that it belongs to me next time, you know, and uh, I don't feel like many people have to learn that harsh reality of the real world that I did at such a young age, and I'm thankful for that too. Okay, I have one more like kind of fun question to ask. So, okay. do you watch Day Day regularly or no? Do you watch it every week? I am a fan of older wrestling. So much. I, I totally love and respect where wrestling is going now as far as the mainstream world is concerned and WWE is concerned. I just, I love going back and watching wrestling. Like, I like going back and watching Lucas in the 1950s and Nick Boston. I like going back and watching my, the stuff that I grew up watching. You know, Ahmed Johnson. He's the encyclopedia. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you're no, you're the encyclopedia. Are you? But um, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but to answer your question, um, I keep up with it, you know, pretty regularly, I suppose. So my question would be: Is there somebody that you see out there today that you're like, okay, their gimmick is all wrong, and you know what you would do for them? To fix it, but they're not getting over, or they're not, you know, like, and you're just like, no, like I, I would do this, because you're talking about how you wanted to, like, you know, be a coach and that type of thing. Well, uh, I guess the easiest, easy finger to point would be to Roman Reigns, but that's because there's like this oversized general. Yeah. 
And if if you had to ask me sitting here as a fan, not a not a war fan or a wrestler, um, the guy that I always just could not get behind, could not get emotionally invested in, could even as a heel, I couldn't I was never a, a if you consider a uh, a bathroom break match for me it would always be Jack Swagger. Mm. That was a guy that, for me it was just like I, there's just nothing to this guy that stands up. Nothing makes me want to watch him get beat up or beat somebody else up. There's just nothing to this guy that just makes me look a kid to even care to watch this kid. He's indifferent. Yeah, and I just that's just one of those guys. Um, and and I understand his gimmick. I understand his background. Not that he didn't have a gimmick to him, and there wasn't any credibility to his amateur style of wrestling. But I guess there was just, for whatever reason, for me as an individual and as a fan, there was just I couldn't get behind that. I just, like, oh, just like that. I guess now would be a good time to make a snap. Or he doesn't really have a good personality. No, he didn't. Yeah. And uh, he's kind of blah. Yeah, and I'm sure, you know, there was other guys that, you know, were like that too, that I could probably think of later on, that I could come up with that I probably felt the same way, you know, in retrospect, but um, as far as me giving my two cents, I'm more of the guy that, you know, stands behind the curtain and, like, when a referee comes back, for example, I had this conversation with some of the referees here locally, they'll come back and go, hey, Stop, wait a minute. Remember when this happened in the match? You know, I'll kind of go through a whole, I'll like dissect an entire match. Um, not that it's my place. I know that it's not my place. And I know that it's not, my say is not to be all in all. I only do it because I just feel like, you know, there were guys humble and kind enough to be up for me. And I try to give back to the rest of the business by doing the same thing, even if it's not out. You know, I'll pull a guy aside and go, hey, remember when you did this in the match? You know, it got this reaction, but here's where I think you probably should have put it instead, and it would have gotten a much bigger explosive reaction from an audience rather than doing it here. It was a great thing to do. It just wasn't placed in the right spot in the match. It, you know, and I'll go through those things. Right. Gimmick-wise, not so much. Um, match performance, absolutely. Okay. You probably been asked this question before, but I'm gonna ask you anyway. Uh, past wrestler and current wrestler, who would be your dream matches? Ooh, um, are we talking WWE or anything? Anything. Ooh, I would have liked to see Kenny Omega. Well, I, I'm not saying this is going to happen. I don't know. I would have liked to have seen Kenny Omega and Seth Rollins on a WWE scale. Um, I would have liked to have seen Samoa Joe and Vader. That was one I would have loved to have seen. I'm a big fan of Vader. I'm a big fan of <laughs> big guys in the wrestling business who can do their job well. I've been one with guys who I feel are top tier big men in the wrestling business who can go against any other big guy and have a five star match. Um, I'm not a big guy. I'm five foot seven, uh, 210 pounds. I'm a small dude um, in comparison to a lot of those guys. So I would have liked to have seen a guy like Samoa Joe take on a guy like Vader. Or even 
if we're going back a little bit before Samoa Joe's time, as far as you know, the WWE run, I would have liked to have seen Umaga versus Raven. That would be interesting. Because he was Usually, no. So, it's me versus. I didn't. Which would you pick? Well, um. <laughs> hmm. Your style, kind of. I'm not the shape that I used to be in, so like I, I wrestled matches a lot differently than I did when I was 19. So, if I had to take the man in black character as how I move and perform in the ring as more of a brawler than a high flyer, I have a few high flying moves that I would have loved to have wrestled Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. I mean, there's plenty of easy guys to point the finger at because, like, guys that I grew up idolizing, like Stone Cold Steve Austin and Sean Rogers, because I grew up in that indulging, impressionable era of wrestling where it was like, oh, you know, those are the top guys. You know, you just become a more productive fan and don't know any better. Those are easy guys to point the finger at. But if I had to go as far as an in-ring style and character based off of what I am now, I would have loved to have got a, a guy for Stryker. I think that's it. <laughs> hey, Paul. The dogs want it. Hashtag want it. book it. You know who I think? This is what I would want to see. And you may not agree. That's all. Me? Yes. I would take that in the heart. I would take that in the heart. See, I, I'll think we're saying things far more than I know the kind of thing I think it's going to be. And at one point, I thought, at some point, I thought I was the most agile dude there was. He was one for his, uh, yeah. Um, he gave it out for training that department. I did. But that's what would be fun. Especially if I was a hero, that would be fun to do. Um, I even when I'm saying that. Okay. So who do you think is like the top, let's say, three guys right now? In any promotion. Mm. Well, I was about Let's say wrestling yeah. life. Definitely. I would say Nick Aldis as one of the more classical players work.
full-on heel. And the dude can cut a promo like you wouldn't believe about it. And uh, in, in my opinion, sometimes in the wrestling business. Yeah. Don't believe me, ask for Claire. Who do you think is the greatest all time then? Ric Flair's up there? Ric Flair is the greatest. One of the greatest of all time. As far as the pioneer of wrestling business being an entertainer and breaking through on a mainstream, uh, into a mainstream audience, I think Ric Flair is one of the, the package, you know, the full package deal guys as far as in ring work, promo work, and elevating guys like Sting and anyone, you know, as a predecessor to him. Absolutely. Um, as far as another pioneer goes, I would say Harley Race, hands down. All right, and that's two more questions, and I think I'm done. What do you think about all of these uh, legends coming back and taking out all these matches in, over the young guy, the younger guys that are stuck in the back not having matches? Uh, that's a money move. Uh, the family loves it. I'm okay with it. I'm not particularly fond of every time Hulk Hogan walks out on set. Um, I didn't. I don't quite like that. <laughs> um, however, I do feel like there is a time and a place to have that reminiscent vibe to today's world of wrestling because it does cater to people like us that grew up watching the hottest, <laughs> hottest era that ever happened with being the Attitude Era, and then people before us, you know, were in the NWA era and Dusty Rhodes and Flair. There's a time and place for that, absolutely. So I, I don't necessarily have a problem with it. Um, we'll take tonight, for example. I had no problem with Lita and Trish Stratus being on the show, and I especially respected the fact that they were going up against a couple of younger up-and-coming stars, uh, along with Mickey James, who was part of that era of Mickey, uh, I'm sorry, of uh, Trish Stratus and Lita, <laughs> and kind of helped steer that team. I, I thought that was a great opportunity. To me, those were great opportunities, both as learning experiences and uh, limelight opportunities to be in. I think those are golden spots to be in, and I don't really, I don't shy away from them. You know, if you're a guy in the back saying, well, this person in time is coming in, and they're just taking up valuable time that I deserve instead. Well, if you deserved it so bad, then why didn't you think to put you there? Sit down, shut up, and work hard. Like, you know, and I'm not just saying with Vince McMahon, I'm saying with any promotion, in this day and age, and they bring back, you know, let's just say for example, if Dusty Rhodes is still with us, and NWA had that 70-year anniversary show, and we're just hypothetically speaking, if Dusty Rhodes came out, don't you think that would be a fitting thing to do? Don't you think that would be a, a true gentlemanly nod of the cap to an older generation of fans? Like, absolutely. Why would you not put that on the show? Furthermore, why wouldn't you put his son on the show? Obviously, there's a time, place, and a reason for that. And if you're one of the guys in the back going, well, that should have been my spot. Well, if it should have been your spot, then why isn't it? Ask yourself that. You know, and I know that might make me sound like an asshole to no, the of, of a lot of, of younger guys in the wrestling business, but 
I'm just saying, like, I understand where people can be like, okay, Hogan, can you go home now? Can you let somebody else get some food in their mouth this time? You know, but at the same time, it's kind of like, well, no, like, there's a time and a place for it. And when it's done right, it's done for a week. That's that's true, but like look at like Taker and Kane and the and the DX thing. Like they had it at the you know Australian show, and now they're having it in at Crown Jewel again. Like I feel like if you come out and you have one thing that happens, like one really good moment, one really good match, that's one thing. But like to repetitively have the same thing over and over and over of the older guys, at some point it's like I don't know. It just rubs me the wrong way, in my opinion. It was just a, it was a perfect, monumental 
ride into the sunset and I wouldn't have changed that. But on the business side of it, if you're going to put any four guys there that are going to cater to an older generation and audience, on top of being four guys and four names that everybody in the world knows and everybody on an American basis would always improve in history, tune in to watch, then I guess you can't really go wrong with it. Now, are they not in their prime? Duh. Obviously, they're not in their prime. Obviously, they're, they're you know, nowhere near well within their means of, you know, time being on their side as far as age and ability goes. However, I would say that that would be a good money-making move as far as being able to cater to both sides of the coin as far as drawing money in Saudi Arabia and then drawing attention from an American audience who already has voiced their opinion about being on the fence of supporting them going to Saudi Arabia in the first place. Yeah, me and me and Nikki are strong, strongly against that. <laughs> strongly against Saudi Arabia. What well, uh, you and I talked about it. Here's, here's my thing. I'm not a fan no. of yeah. Saudi Arabia. Absolutely not. I'm you, not. Yeah. I'm not a fan. Of He's on hashtag cancel crown jewel. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, that would be canceled. Well, no. That would be canceled. Well, yeah. But um, I just, I don't, I don't see the point. I don't see like what is, like what is there to gain in the Saudi Arabian audience? Money. But we don't already have money. It's called the Here. the dump truck of money was backed up. Well, yeah. Like a billion, a billion. I think it's a billion. Yeah. Somewhere around that. Yeah. That's, around a billion dollars. That's a relative figure. And Saudi Arabia is a wealthy, you know very wealthy. They're 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 well backed in their in their finances. So uh, I I don't know. I to me it's just kind of, you know, <clears throat> it's a bad time. It's an awkward time, and it's to me that's a bad spot to be in if you're Vince McMahon, who you know had this big battle with billionaires with Donald Trump, who is now our president, who is not necessarily liked and regarded, well regarded uh, by a large population of our country. I, I'm just, it's just kind of one of those things where I was like, you could have probably done something else, and it would have sufficed just as fine and well and it probably would have made a decent amount of money that you know wouldn't have shunned you away from the amount of money you're really going to make in Saudi Arabia so well and their stock took a hit too big time <laughs> big hit yeah they're losing money now yeah. I don't know by the time they by the time all of their feet touch back on American soil maybe Vince will go oh we made a mistake but we're not in Vince's pocket, and we don't know what the bank account looks like for WWE. So I can't really like comment yeah. on that truthfully and go, well, well, this is what it should be. I don't know that. You know what I mean? I, yeah. That's not my place. I'm just saying, if if you just ask me, like, hey, what's your opinion? Yeah, like Saudi Arabia would be a no go. 
you know, and I don't like the fact that, you know, women can't wrestle there. And because to me, it's just kind of like, oh, we're going to bring up all these women, make them work really hard, give them this big, gigantic push, their own pay-per-view, this, 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 and that. And then, oh, well, we're all going overseas, but you guys can't come because their God said you're not allowed to. To me, that's kind of like, well, in today's day and age, that's a slap in the face. And Jim Cornette kind of hit it on the head. Like, well, okay, take this gigantic bit of money. They're going to pay you as an extra bonus to make sure you guys are there and well-kept. You send that right back to America and divide it all up equally and give it to all the women who have worked hard to help push your product. To me, that's kind of fair. To me, that's, it's kind of like a tongue-in-cheek, in-your-face, radical way of thinking. But I can get behind that because, you know, if, if we were doing this 10, 15 years ago, not long after 9-11, and, you know, an American journalist hadn't been murdered on their territory, um, and we were talking about people like, you know, Gable when she came back, and, you know, when wrestling, when women in the wrestling world were not regarded as true athletes, like, whatever yeah uh, yeah i can agree uh, but now it's like okay women are working as many dates and just as hard as as the men and they're doing to me they're doing a pretty pretty damn good job yeah uh, the pay-per-view yeah, was was well worth your time and your money you know, if you bought the network and, it, you know, it's just, I couldn't say that 10 years ago, have the network. Been. I couldn't say that 10 years ago with who we had involved in the wrestling businesses because women are regarded. So, um, and I'll be honest, like, I'm, I'm not one of those guys who's like, oh, Tori Wilson's on? Let me make sure I tune in. Like, you, I'm like, the bra and panties. Yeah, just... you can call, you can, you can call bullshit on me all you want, but I'm telling you right now, it took a lot more than a large rack and a pretty face to make me want to tune in to watch wrestling if you couldn't have a legitimate looking wrestling match and that bothered me. So there, there's my, yeah, there's guys like that 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 yeah. didn't care either. Yeah, and, and I was just kind of one of them, you know, because like to me, like pretty girls are everywhere. So it's it's not like I had to tune into WWE to see a pretty girl because like the internet exists. I want to see a pretty girl. I know a few websites. <laughs> but uh you know it was just i don't know the saudi arabia thing there's a lot of controversy over it and at this point america seems to have the biggest problem with something that they care about which is pro wrestling and the wwe product itself they have a big problem if you go into saudi arabia maybe you shouldn't touch the stove while it's on or hot maybe you should draw back a little bit. that's my opinion but at this point we're we're going hand yeah, first. But we're going point, hand first. At this point, yeah, Vince's hand is already full on into the stove, and he just can't take the burn on it. And it's so, either going to pay yeah. off or it's not. If you were on that if roster, like a couple, like John Cena says, he's not going. It's probably Daniel Bryan's not refusing to go. Would you be one of the guys that would be like, I don't really want to go, and like try? Or and, would you take the pain? Or would you just go, take it, take the pain, and go? I don't know. I, I really don't because that. I'm not in that situation. Um, I'm not saying that going over there necessarily compromises your beliefs or your morality as an American. Uh, that's not fair for me to say because you're still an employee. 
you're slowly getting paid a, a good salary to go out there and do your job and you're expected to go out there and do your job and show up just like any other blue collar American in this country. We don't always like our jobs, but we show up on time and we do the best that we can because that is our job and that's what keeps a roof over our heads. So that being said, I chances are I would go to Saudi Arabia. I wouldn't like it. I sure as hell wouldn't like it. And I, I would not be willing to compromise my thought process and my moral stance on it. Uh, but that doesn't mean I wouldn't necessarily go over there and still do what I'm paid to do and do my job because you have to also understand the other side of it. Saudi Arabia has a lot of wrestling fans. And be, just because their government does not abide morally, you know, with, with, a, with an ethic code, you know, that we're okay with, that doesn't mean that the rest of the people that live in Saudi Arabia shouldn't be allowed to see wrestling. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it doesn't necessarily fall on everybody's head there. Um, so chances are I would go. But I am, yeah, I think it's a safe bet to say that I would have monumental reservations about going over there. I would be definitely unhappy about it. And chances, I don't know, maybe I would just be like, sorry, that's staying home. Yeah. Pay me, pay me later. I'll take the pay cut. I'll take the, uh, I'll take the three day vacation to stay home with my daughter and, you know. Well, well like, to me, it's they may want to see wrestling, but at the same time, they still don't like us. Like, they're still we're still gonna go over there and we're gonna put on a show for them. But then when you go home, they're still gonna be like, and not that's not just the government. That's just the general population over there. They don't like Americans. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Period. Well, so I feel like go there. Oh, they want to see wrestling. Okay, like you know, you know what I mean. Like, I don't know. Yeah, but in totality, to be fair, we spend at least a quarter of a year going back and forth to Canada, and they don't like us either. But we sure as hell make yeah, it. They don't want to kill us. Hell of a lot of money from them. But they don't want to kill us. Canada doesn't want to kill anybody. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. They don't want to kill. Canada's us. got this big wall around them called America. <laughs> Where they don't have to worry about wanting say, to kill somebody. <laughs> Newsflash, a lot of the world doesn't like us. <laughs> Newsflash, I don't know if you knew that. I do uh, know that. Oh. Okay, but the same things to be said about, like, if we went to Russia. Yeah. China. Yeah. China and Russia. They go to China. They're not very fond of us. You know, they they'll sit in the same room with us and they'll shake hands and... You know, play nice with hey, us. China, same thing. Yeah, they go to China. We go to China. Do, we go, they'll go to Russia. They'll go to you know. They'll go to a lot of they places that we don't exactly Dubai? have an unblemished history well, with. Dubai's a little bit different. But I don't know. Yeah, I just have a big issue with it. I just my my point being though is like there's a lot of places we could go that would kind of like be similar. As far as that country not liking us or our moral code or ethics. But I don't think it would be as hostile of a, like, immediately, immediate situation if you went to China or Russia or whatever. Like, it's not as quite as hostile. Like, you could get kidnapped and beheaded. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, not quite the same. I get they hate us. They could do something to us. I get that. But it's just not quite the same. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But is that also because we just had an, no, know, no, they do. They they have women in their their jails that have done absolutely nothing that are they're going right. to behead. Yeah. I'm just talking about Saudi Arabia. Like they, 
like, that they're going to no, behead that's like all on the list to behead, and they literally are in jail for nothing. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, you're wrong. No. I, I totally get it. I understand the reservation of a lot of Americans not being okay with them going over to the place that we call, you know, the enemy. Um, right, it, it just comes down to me. Like I said, like we're not in WWE's bank account. So the the business move is the business move, and I don't know who it's on behalf of, and I know I don't know who gets the greater end of the cut, really. Uh, I can see Saudi Arabia maybe wanting us to go over there to because uh, I they're going to turn a dollar over a lot because of WWE. But at the same time, it's like if you rewind how you know seventeen years ago, you know what I mean. There was there would have never been any talks about going over to the Middle East for anything because two of our towers collapsed on our soil because of it. so. And how many were Saudi? Yeah. Well, just the Middle East alone, and just just the the progression of the law, and the progression of the beliefs and the moral system over there, and you know, what I mean, because I I I'm not gonna sit here and no. pretend I'm a geologist as far as Saudi Arabia versus Afghanistan, Iraq, Iran. I don't know all that stuff. Ge- geologist? Fuck you guys. I've had no. I've had Roman. Geologist is like um geologist is like him is like um biospheres, right? Is that what geologist is? Sure. I think probably digs up dinosaur bones. <laughs> I was gonna say a geologist no, that's, that's like archaeology. Studies. Yeah, that's an archaeologist. Like, like a like biospheres. Okay, first of all. I'm a professional wrestler. I don't know what kind of scholar you guys think I am. Okay. Back off. We think you're an amazing <laughs> scholar, okay? <laughs> My point being, though, is like, I don't know the ties or lack thereof. Saudi Arabia is definitely the most, as far as the government is concerned. Afghanistan has like the radical groups, but Saudi Arabia is actually the government. There's a lot of history, but I'm just not going to say it because we're going to get way too political. Yeah, yeah. Well, but uh, but uh, we've also like you can't turn a cheek to it. Like you said, it's quite a it's political, very political. I get it. But at the same time, like we've had a hot and cold relationship with all of the Middle East far before 9/11. Oh yeah, going back to Desert Storm and yeah. before then, all the way back to the Cold War, Vietnam, the the Cuban Missile Crisis. We had a lot of blotchy history with the Middle East mm-hmm. and their involvement in a lot of our allies and stuff like that before I go into um, war history and history nerd buffer lesson stuff. Um, you know, we have a blotchy history with them. So it's, I don't know, for all we know, in 10 years, WWE, Vince would be like, screw that. We're never going over there again because something will happen. You know? I think he's probably already learned his lesson is thinking that. <laughs> Well, okay. And you know what? Since we're on the subject, I did have this conversation with your brother the other day. Really? Yes. What's Vince to do now? Well, he has eight more years on his contract. He's already already booked the show. He's already paid for the arena. He's already paid to have his spot there. Saudi Arabia has probably already drawn the money. Everybody's got their money on the table. Do you want to be the guy that backs out of that deal now? With them? No. Well, not even just with them. Do you want to be the guy that backs out with that kind of money on the table 
all your employees are banking on that pay now because you've already involved them. Yeah, but you could then, you could take it somewhere else. Do you know how hard that. that is to do this close to it? You're Vince McMahon. The legal ramification. Yeah, exactly. The legal ramification. Because that's, for all we know, depending on the parameters of, a, of contractual agreements, Vince could be in breach of contract for backing out of a deal. Like he could that. get sued for three times the amount. Yeah. And it's just, we don't know that. And, I, you know, that's that's something to think about, too. You, you can't necessarily... Chances are Vince has already forced the hand so far into the stove while it's on hot. You can't pull out of it now without just taking the burn. But then what is it going to be next year? Because it's got eight years left on that contract. Well, and you wonder if there's some kind of clause in there, if something, like a, I almost said catastrophe. (laughs) Catastrophic. Yes. I'm just like, I'm just providing you guys with these words. I know. I'm like, catastrophe clause. (laughs) Yeah, the college professor. (laughs) (laughs) seriously you wonder like if there is some kind of clause where it's like if we drop a nuke or something can we pull out of this yeah you would think that you wonder at some point we weren't there has to be some kind of clause maybe but but at some point we started importing cuban cigars again too so i mean it just we don't know what's going to happen down the line and I'll be honest, I didn't hear of an eight-year contract. Like yeah. was it was 10. So, like, this, is year, year, so. this is year two. Yeah, well, and, uh, I mean, who's to say that they can't back out of it? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just a matter of this close, you've you've already backed it with so many fi- you know, financial agreements, and you've already backed it with so much publicity and, and mainstream media attention. What are you gonna do now? This close to it, now that everybody's pissed off about it. Like, if you're Vince McMahon, what are you gonna do? You're just gonna pull it out. Oh, we'll just go to Australia or something. We'll go somewhere where tensions we'll aren't. Go to as, London. Yeah, we're, we'll just go. You know, like, how do you do that? And you know, I understand yeah. that because that's from a business money. I get that. But when the sen- when the Senate is telling you, do not go over there, do not do this. Like, that to me is. A little bit more serious and just like oh you know to me that's kind of a big deal when the senate is telling you don't go yeah well when you're vince mcmahon you're allowed to make crazy radical decisions well, yeah like and your wife's on trump's cabinet yeah that too easy now you're gonna get a shot it's a true, <laughs> it's a true fact she's on well it's true i mean his, yeah. his on trump's cabinet. the fbi and illuminati's listening to us right now these people need to go. I want to be a part of the Illuminati. You know what? And Bo Allison get shot for his talk with Jericho podcast, we're good. That's <laughs> true. He was talking some real crazy shit. That's true. Yeah, this train took a different direction. Yeah. One I wasn't necessarily expecting. I was going to bring up WCW in North Korea, but hey. <laughs> I feel like I got into a political debate by accident. <laughs> anyway, do, do you remember the WCW North Korea <laughs> Vaguely. They took Muhammad Ali and Ric Flair over there. And they're sitting there. And Ric's like, what the fuck's happening? And Muhammad Ali's like, these fuckers are crazy. They never went back. Well, maybe they'll learn this lesson this time. Can I just say I want to be a fly on the wall? (laughs) Just to see those two in North Korea. (laughs) Think about it. 
just to imagine those two. Imagine today's world with Blair being in North Korea with Muhammad Ali, yeah. who is a ghost at this point. <laughs> that would be a movie. Okay. No. I'd watch it. All right. Might be interesting. You know, that means Bischoff was over there, too. Oh, God. God. Leave him over there. He fired fired all of North Korea over the phone or VFX. (laughs) (laughs) And made them pay for it. (laughs) He made them pay the play call. Yeah. All right. So my question for you is it's pretty relevant to next week. Well, this week, when this comes out, Mike, your opinions on Miracle, Mike, James. I have my opinions. What are yours? Um, morally you and contractually, I don't know how far I'm allowed to go with that. So, um, You have to explain it first. What's that? You have to explain what you're talking about first, though. Yes, let's explain. Mike. Okay, in a nutshell. Um, me and this guy have been married, and when I say married, like we have been at each other's throats trying to kill each other over the last year and a half on television. And during that year of television, I don't think our company, company being Championship Wrestling from Arizona, has ever seen more blood spilled on their canvas between two human beings, more hatred um, spill throughout a social media presence and a personal presence. And a locker room presence. I don't think there's ever going to be two guys in the history of this company. Uh, I don't think there's ever going to be two guys in the history of this company, you know, past, current, or, you know, future that are going to be talked about with the regard of hating each other quite the way him and I do. And um, being able to go a year and a half of having substance to fight over and, keeping the audience on the edge of their seat for a year and a half. Not many guys can say that they've had enough substance in their characters and substance as people in the wrestling business to be able to do that. The last time I feel we've seen that on a night-to-night regular basis was Flair and Dusty Rhodes. So, and, I, and I'm sure there's a handful and a slew of guys that have done that on a mainstream basis, you know, over the last several years if you want to get into semantics, but. I'd liken it to Ambrose and Rollins. That's fair. You guys basically want to kill each other. That's fair. Y- yeah. And you I basically mean, want to kill each other. Yeah, but Ambrose and Rollins had loved each other. That. That's true. <laughs> I don't think people are writing slash fanfics about you guys. <laughs> well, I would draw it back to more of a realistic um, brawling you know, hatred, hatred, and 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 blood spilling feud. That's I would I would draw it back to um, Sean and Brett. Yeah. In ninety six, ninety seven, all the way up So, yeah, I would I would draw it back to that because there is a oh, there is a um, there's such a realistic tone, and it's backed by honesty between you know our personal and professional relationship that I think really has spilled out in front of a camera lens for the whole world to see at their leisure. And 
man, we're about to finally close this chapter, at least for the time being. And um, there are scars on my flesh. And I've said that and I, there are scars on my face and in my skin and on my body that I will live with the rest of my life over one man and his name is Mike Gay. Furthermore, I've, there are, there are fist fights I've been out in the streets and like lost and come out in better shape than having to be in the ring with a guy like Mike James. So uh, that being said, and I remember seeing that blood. It was, it was I, saw, I saw the pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Well. It was something. I just had the staples removed, what was it, two days ago? Yeah. Oh, I saw that too. Yeah. Um, I ended up having to leave them in longer just to let the wound heal a little, you know, a little longer. It didn't, it didn't heal quite as long. The concussion, though, since we're on the subject, was the worst of the concussions I've ever had because I, for days, like, I had longer-lasting effects from the concussion on this one than normal um sensitivity to light constant nausea it just shit like that um and you wrestled yeah. right after that right i did um yeah within the, within the actually it was that same week um <laughs> i had a show in la and went out there and had to do anything and everything i could to protect my head so um of course i didn't tell him that i was concussed until long after my match and they were I don't know how unhappy they were with me but they did make it um, pretty well you know noted that had they known that that was the case uh, I would not have wrestled on their show but it is what it is that's crazy so you know my opinions on Mike <laughs> I've made them known but we'll keep that between us and Jen knows them too. I do. You do. I'm afraid to know what Jen knows. <laughs> <laughs> She's pretty she much everything. That. She knows everything. Yeah. She knows everything. Pretty much. But I, I, I don't. I don't tell secrets. So. Yeah. She's Bree mode. I am. Hey, as long as y'all don't kiss and tell. Nope. We'll just. I don't. Keep it private. Um, no. Keep it moving. We keep, what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, I think I should be able to kick him in the face. <laughs> I super kick. You should hear the words come from my fiance's mouth. Because when she saw that happen, I was. I didn't even want to go to the hospital because I knew the drive to the hospital, having to listen to her anger and anxiety over the whole thing was going to be more of a dramatic episode than me actually getting my skull cracked. So it was just kind of like, it was just a night I'd like to forget ever happened. And had he hit me hard, <laughs> chances are I could have actually forgotten it happened. But, um. <laughs> so basically, she and I will jump him. Okay. <laughs> we'll jump him. All right. I'll just stand there and cheer you on. Yay! I don't know. No? no. <laughs> you should see his face, guys. It's wow. Looking like a no. 
all I can say is when the bell rings and him and I stand toe to toe for one more dance, like there isn't going to be another match that you're going to see probably in the future of this company for a long time, if at all, ever, that is going to be well worth your time tuning in for. That's going to be on fight. It's going to be on fight TV. Is that going to be on? It's going to be on fight TV. Uh, you can tune in every Tuesday, a new episode drops, uh, for us, for Championship Wrestling from Arizona, but you can go on there and view prior episodes and stuff like that. We're, we're a weekly episodic television show on there, and it's free to watch. You can download on any Android or s- smartphone or anything like that. You can do it on your smart TV. You can, all you got to do is sign up the email. It's free to do, free to watch, and uh, there's plenty of content on there that would just totally cure your, you know, quench your thirst for uh, good product and good television and good professional wrestling. And blood. Well, and I, the joke is, you know, the underlying joke that's not really a joke now is always like, well, it's a family-friendly product. And I go, yeah, until me and Mike go up there. <laughs> that's true. That is true. Very true. <laughs> but I feel like that's like the fun part for me is when you and Mike go up there. Well, the only no one. offense to everybody else because I love everybody else too. But. The only thing that you can truly put your eggs in a basket as yeah. far as your belief goes as far as not being a pencil to paper booking decision. It's what happens out there is what happens. Grown men have a very sacred history. And it's 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 soap opera spilling right out onto real television. And uh it sure as hell blurs the line between character, fact and fiction. Um even for the two of us, I think we've gone out there so many times and we respect the fact that we're just going to have to go out there and beat the holy hell out of each other and know that we're not going to wake up the same two human beings the next morning because I don't recall a single match I've ever had with him where I've closed my eyes at night and woke up the next morning the same human being because I've always had some sort of physical deficit. Um, and duly noted, I've had you know, years taken off my career, as I'm sure he has too, with him and I trying to beat the living snot out of each other uh, and not for the sake of pencil to paper booking and pleasing the powers that be in our company. It's more of this is a legitimate competition and we see each other as competition and we want to go down as the best in history and we want to be written in the history books and cemented with our own, you know, perspective legacies we're not willing to compromise that for each other. Yeah, I'm afraid to see what's going to happen. You should be. I'm afraid. I'll, I'm going I'll be to text 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 Yeah, I might just be sending you videos with my hands. Yeah, send me videos of blood. I like blood. He does. I sent her pictures of your head wound. Yeah. <laughs> liked it she's like do you want to see him i'm like yeah i was like oh okay (laughs) anyway i think that brings us to the end because we're both sick dish you're getting over being sick and it's 12 30 where you're at it is 12 30 it is plus i gotta watch house hardy halloween Uh, i gotta watch end evolution too I gotta put my kid to bed. <laughs> yeah, we got stuff. I have my dog to bed because <laughs> he's been crying this whole time. Really? Like whining? He's been crying, yes. Aww. 
He's in the other room. Aw, poor right, Dean. Alex, are you ready to say your goodbyes to the podcast? I guess. You guess? I'm sure you'll be back. Yeah, I have fun. I have fun doing this. I don't get to just sit and have wrestling conversations. Jab or jab back and forth about opinions and you know, and, and politics. Yeah, yeah, I guess politics. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag Talia's for Senate. <laughs> Whiskey in the White House. Uh, you're 2020. Yeah. <laughs> so did you explain to him what a mukbang is? Hashtag make pro wrestling great again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we talked about it. You did? Okay. Yeah. Is, he, is he down? We just got to figure out how to pronounce it. Because is it mukbang or mukbang? Well, Trisha Paytas says mukbang. Exactly. She's, she's the queen. So. Exactly. Yeah. And I guess you're going to be coming to the mukbang, mukbang, whatever. Yeah, you're going to help us eat the food. We're going to eat food and talk about wrestling. I lost. <laughs> Just don't worry about food it. Food and wrestling, there. Yeah. Hashtag I'm there. We'll get you whiskey. <laughs> we'll get you booze. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Alex. You can say your goodbyes now. Catch us on Fight TV Championship Wrestling from Amazon every Tuesday night. You bring the whiskey, I'll bring the ass whooping. We'll see you soon. That was a good one. <laughs> I ruined it, didn't I? You did. <laughs> you can I cut know. it. You'll be fine. You'll cut it. It'll be fine. Yeah, just cut it. I feel like it has. I feel like it has character. Uh, no, I liked it without your commentary. I'm sorry. <laughs> Whose side are you on? I'm on the side of the oh. what's best for the podcast. Did you say his? Yeah. <laughs> Alex is walking out. Well, that's not very nice. All right. Well, we're going to go now. <laughs> Alex, Jen is saying goodbye. <laughs> He's blowing kisses. <laughs> and with that, guys... Bye. Bye. <laughs>